All right. Guys, welcome to Canceling Stress and Anxiety. Hopefully that's the breakout that you're planning to be at. If not, the door is right there, but we But please don't leave. We like you being here. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you guys can raise your hand, if you don't have a handout or a bookmark, we have some great volunteers that can um, get those to you. But we are going to go ahead and get started. Alrighty, so my name's Haley, and I work on staff at KU. Yes, and I'm Maddie. Yeah, watch out. And I'm also on staff at KU. Yeah, watch out. Um, and so we wanted to start by introducing ourselves and showing you guys that we are not just a couple of random girls leading a breakout together. We're actually friends. Great friends. My highlight was being at Maddie's wedding this year in yes, January. Almost a year ago. I made my 2022, I will say. So we've been longtime friends, um, but we're really excited to talk about stress and anxiety. So obviously stress and anxiety is something that we all deal with. So whether it's something that you feel like is a chronic thing in your life or it's something that on a day-to-day -day you're just trying to get some tools to figure out how to battle stress and anxiety, we thought this is some relevant things that can really stress us out. So how many of you guys, this would just immediately cause your pulse to increase and really stressed? Did anyone have this happen on the way here? No. Oh, oh tough. Dude, it's Sarah, really? Oh, I'm asking about that. Oh, that's tough. Okay, common stressor. Yeah, you guys. Anyone sign up? Yeah, get the Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, it's so tough. That, that's tough. I mean, people were on there for hours. Some Swifties like, out there. Okay, what about this? Boyfriend texts you or someone important in your life. We need to talk. Immediate stressor. I mean, this, Heartbeat going. This is hilarious. If I survive the heart attack, that phrase just caused. That's, or when your mom texts you that, and you're like, oh, no. Okay, some of you in this room, this is something in your life that, you know, that needs to change. Does that stress you? <laughs> Tell me that doesn't make you anxious. That's so tough. This is actually my sister-in-law, so we didn't make this up. Um, she wouldn't mind me sharing with this with you, but have fun. Leah is very popular. A lot of friends. So, okay, anyone on Canvas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. that missing assignment. You better get that in. I hope you ended up with an A and still did yeah. okay in class. Um, so obviously, it's, that's a joke, but stress and anxiety is real. So it's something that we all deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. There's common stressors, and uh, we're not meant to live an anxious life, but anxiety is real. So how do we deal with it? And so we thought what we could do is begin our time just looking at what is stress and anxiety, let's get on the same page, look at what God says about it in his word, and then some roots and solutions to those roots for anxiety. So to get us started, how many of you guys have ever thought about the fact that God himself experienced anxiety? Anyone? I had not thought about this really, but I think this is a really comforting thing to know that the God of the universe came in the form of a man, lived a sinless life, was completely perfect, uh, lived in our broken world, um, and he experienced a situation that led him to sweat blood. And so the night before he goes to the cross to pay for the sins of the world, he knows because he is fully God, the pain that he's about to endure, the anguish of the death he's about to experience, and the separation from God. And he prays to God in the garden the night before, and he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And so this is not just a exaggeration. This is a real um, physical condition, hematidrosis to be exact. I think that's how you say it. And it is a condition where your blood vessels and your sweat glands rupture, and it causes your blood to mix with your sweat. And it's, it happens when you're under such great anxiety in a stressful situation, you actually begin to sweat blood. And so if the God of the universe experienced something that made him so, or such a great weight of anxiety that he sweat blood, how did he handle it? 
Because God is perfect, we know. He has no sin. Jesus experienced anxiety, yet he did not sin. He experienced an anxious situation, yet he did not sin. And he says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so what we want to do is glean from the example of Christ and continue to look into God's word at what anxiety is and how to handle it. Because Jesus models for us that even in the midst of a situation that led him to sweat blood, he still trusted God and remained obedient despite the circumstance. And so what is stress and anxiety? Let's all get on the same page. Um, at the top of your guys' handout, there's some definitions. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of them um, because they basically all say the same thing in a couple different words. Um, so on the underlined on the screen, um, we see that stress, it is mental, it's emotional, it's a feeling of worry and nervousness, unease about imminent events, um, uncertain outcomes. There are physical symptoms that come from feeling anxious. Um, it's a result of allowing our mind to dwell on trouble. It's a state of anxiety and certainty over actual or potential problems. And so when you think about stress and anxiety, it's always focused on things that we can't control. It's about the future. And it's something that's it's not just mental. There's also the physical and the emotional aspect of it. And so today, we uh, are not going to talk about the, the mental and the physical aspect of anxiety. We're just going to talk about the spiritual end. And so when we look at culture, though, there's a lot of different um, solutions that culture says are out there to anxiety. And so I just did a quick Google search. You could do this, too. Um, and I said, how do I deal with anxiety? And there was a variety of different things that I just phrased into, into you know, the same sentence, but uh, kind of the theme of, okay, just deal with it, buck up, power through it, uh, kind of like that, like, you're tough enough, you can do it uh, mentality, uh, or do more self-care, focus on yourself right now, kind of like the, you need to love yourself before you can love other people, or like, hey, you're anxious because you don't think that you can handle it, you just need to be more confident in yourself, and then you can do it. It's kind of that, like, mantra a little bit, um, or self-help kind of books, building self-esteem, mindfulness, meditation, um, therapy, breathing techniques, kind of that manifestation thing that uh, Chad was talking about last night too, just what prayer is not. Um, a lot of these things are offered as solutions um, to anxiety or avoidance, which is funny because we all know that when we avoid the things that stress us out, we're actually more stressed because you wasted four hours on your phone and didn't do the thing you needed to do, but now you're more stressed and you're too stressed to do the thing you need to do. So obviously there's a lot of different solutions that are offered in culture. And so we're gonna look though at what does the Bible say is the solution to anxiety um, and how do we respond? And so again, we're just gonna touch on the spiritual end. And so when you think about a stool, there's three legs that hold up a stool. And so if you're gonna sit in it, you need all three legs. And similarly, when you're talking about dealing with stress and anxiety, there's a holistic approach to dealing with stress and anxiety. And if we only handle one aspect of uh, dealing with anxiety, then we don't have a holistic approach. But what we're gonna talk about today is just the spiritual. Because yes, there is definitely a component of, of working out, eating healthy, taking care of the physical aspect. Like that is very important, sleep. When I don't sleep, I'm very stressed. Or if I don't eat healthy, you know, things like that. Um, or there is the mental, you know, there is a, a place of biblical counseling from a worldview that, or from a biblical, you know, perspective and worldview, or um, you know, maybe in certain situations, medication or things like that. But we're not going to talk about any of that today. So we're going to only talk about the spiritual because really, if you take out the spiritual leg, you don't have a stool. And what we're going to talk about is that the spiritual is the most important because God is very clear in His Word that if we try to pursue any solution apart from Him, it will always leave, always leave us empty and broken and still seeking satisfaction. And so 
God says that we have turned away from him in our sin and we have looked to broken things to fulfill us. And with anxiety, if we look to only the physical or the mental solution to anxiety, we are still going to be left broken because those are broken cisterns. Working out is great, but going on a run every day can't solve the deep anxiety that we feel on a day-to-day basis. It might help, but it's not the main solution that we're looking at. And so we're going to talk about what does the Bible say and how do we deal with it. Yes. So like Kayla was saying, this topic is not a new thing. The Bible talks about stress, anxiety, worry, all throughout it. Um, but one of the most direct passages that Jesus uses to address this topic is in Matthew chapter 6. And so um, as we go through some of these passages, it's all in your handout. So if you want to read along, that's great. But in verses 25 through 34 of chapter 6, Jesus tells us clear, clearly not to worry And he gives us a long list of reasons why we don't need to worry. Meaning, Jesus already knows that we are prone warriors. He knows that that is something that we're going to fall into. Um, But anytime that a passage starts with the word, therefore, it's a hint to look at the passage before that. And so we're going to read the passage um, with the verses before it to understand what the therefore is there for. So verses 19 through 24, bear with me. I'm going to have to take a deep breath for this. Um, It says, do not store up uh, for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both love and both God and money. Um, so it looks like in this passage that Jesus is just talking about money and material things here, but he's actually revealing something much greater than that. Jesus is using these examples to show us what's in our hearts and how that determines how we live, what our time goes toward, and what our thoughts are consumed with. Um, And there are two key things that I want to take away from what Jesus is saying here um, that can clearly kind of point to our anxiousness. And so the first one is that we have competing eyes. So that's a blank on your handout. We have competing eyes. And so our treasures, um, like what he's talking about, they're not just the favorite Christmas gift that you guys got or your Lululemon collection. I mean, they might be. But um, they can also be non-monetary things too. So your future career, your grades, your future spouse, um, social media presence, anything that's a treasure to us um, is just something that we find value in. Um, And God says that not only, or that he says that the only things that are going to last forever are himself his word and the souls of people. So whatever we store up, whether those are things that are only going to last on earth or things that have eternal value, we're going to spend a ton of time and energy thinking about those things. So having wrong treasures, that's going to lead our hearts and our thoughts to be in the wrong place and ultimately just leave us anxious and constantly worrying about the future. So the second one is that we have competing masters. competing masters. Um, So Jesus explains that our first priority should be to the things that can't be stolen or used up or worn out over time. Um, Jesus alone deserves to be our master, and he isn't shy. Like in verse 24, 
Um, he says it's our choice. Like we can either store our treasures with God and focus our eyes on him or not serve him at all. He doesn't really give us much of an in-between there. And so worry reveals the double-mindedness in us. Um, we can kind of try to get our own way or want to get our own way and achieve what we want. But we also live in a world where God is sovereignly in control of everything. And so trying to serve two masters, it's always going to make us anxious in the end. Um, and so in summary, it's not a coincidence that Jesus kind of addresses our hearts before he goes into talking about worry and anxiety. So we're going to read the rest of this chapter. So it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any, of, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I feel like this passage maybe seems familiar. You guys um, maybe read it in your Bible reading plan yesterday. And Chad actually talked about this today, too, which is kind of cool. Um, but everyone can kind of plainly see that the point of this text is that followers of Jesus should not be anxious, right? Verse 25, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 31, do not be anxious, saying, um, what shall we eat? Verse 34, do not be anxious about tomorrow. So one thing that should be on repeat in your minds as you guys are leaving today is Jesus does not want me to be anxious, right? He wants um, me to have peace. But the other main point that Jesus mentions is in verse 33. And so instead of being anxious, he wants us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And to do that, it means to turn to God first for help, um, to fill our thoughts with him and his word, and to serve and obey him in everything. Um, so in other words, Jesus is saying, hey, when you think about your life, when you think about your career or your grades or your future spouse or your clothes or social media any of those things that can make us anxious don't be don't be anxious about any of them but instead fix your eyes on god and make him the master in that situation so jesus makes it clear that he knows our needs and he provides for them even more than the flowers of the field or the birds of the air and I think that we can all agree, like, anxiety doesn't start with nothing. Every expression of worry, it starts with a legitimate concern that we have that just spirals and consumes us. And so I'm not saying it's bad to want an A on a test or to date a great guy or to get a good internship or anything like that. But the problem comes when our eyes and our master are just separate from God. Our worries are just basically concerns that we fail to deal with in godly ways. Um, so for the rest of our time, we are just going to unpack some different roots and solutions that we can trust God with, um, just ways that we can deal with our anxiety in the way that God does approve of. Yeah, so anxiety root number one. So what is the root of our anxiety? Um, where we're going to start is that the first root is if, if we don't have a relationship with God. 
Um, and so this, for some of you in the room, might either come as a surprise or be like, wow, that is kind of hard to hear. Um, but I think as we look more at um, God's word, we're going to understand why this is the root that we have to start at and understand. And so we don't have a relationship with God, and God in his word very clearly tells us who he is and his character. Um, and he tells us that he is the Lord of peace all throughout the Bible. He tells us he keeps us in perfect peace, that he provides peace that surpasses all understanding. And so if God is the source of peace, um, it means, and this is the blank on your handout, it says God is the Prince of Peace and the only source of true lasting peace. So God in his word tells us that he is peace, and so that means we have to start with him if we want to experience true peace. And so he is the only source of lasting peace. And in contrast, um, God's word is also very clear of what someone's life looks like who does not have a relationship with Jesus. And in Isaiah 59 and 57, I'm not going to read all the verse, but um, God says that they have not known the path of peace, that no one who walks on them will know peace, that the roads are crooked, um, that they are like the storm-tossed sea that can't be still, that there is no peace. And so it's just this picture of someone's life that doesn't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus is marked and is characteristic of just a continual like restlessness and unease and inability to have peace because they're not on God's path. They're not in a relationship with God. And so um, though that is kind of tough to hear, we have to start there because apart from God, we have no access to true peace. And that doesn't mean that there's never a day when you don't experience maybe like a stressful situation or something. Say you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but there's a day that you feel pretty good. It's like, well, that, that might happen for sure. But um, at our core, we can all admit that apart from, apart from God, there is a deep, like, nagging sense of, I don't have peace. Like, I'm not right with God. And it's because apart from Jesus, we can't experience true peace. And so the solution is that we would have peace through a personal relationship with God. So that's the first step um, that we have to start here because if we don't begin with this solution, all the other ones really are not going to make sense and they really don't matter because if we don't have God's power through Jesus Christ, we can't have peace to overcome the anxious things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we see this in Romans 5.1. Um, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this verse is saying that we have peace as we are justified and we are made right with God. And so the word justified, what does that mean? It just means to be made right or to be in right standing with God. And so what the verse is telling us is we experience peace when we are justified with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so what that means, and WC talked about this the other night, or morning, I don't know. Anyone feel like they're in a time warp sometimes? It doesn't seem. Uh, but in WC's main session, he talks about how we are enemies to God. And so we're not going to deeply unpack this, but it makes sense that if we are an enemy to God, we can't experience his peace. And if we are not right with him, then that's the first step we have to start with in order for us to experience lasting peace. And so even though, yes, there are things on a day-to-day -day basis that are important that we could be stressed about, if we are not focusing on the eternal solution first, all those other things really are not that important. And so what we need most importantly is that we would be made right with God in order to experience peace with God. And then once we have made that decision to trust Jesus with our eternity and we have placed our faith in him, he is our Lord and our Savior, then we can tackle all these other roots that are also very legitimate um, causes of anxiety. And so Maddie's going to take us through some more roots of anxiety. Yes. Cool. So another hard hitter, you guys. Um, sorry. Root, <laughs> root number two is that we are prideful. 
we're prideful, and we don't like to admit it, but WC was also saying this in the main session yesterday morning. It's just true. Deep down, we all naturally like to have our way and think that we know what's best for us, right? We want things to be easy and smooth sailing. Like, we don't want any hardships or detours if we can avoid them. But have you guys ever heard the phrase, God never gives you more than you can handle? Has anybody ever heard that? Okay, I see some nods out there. Well, this actually isn't true, according to the Bible. Um, as we follow God, he will put us in a lot of situations that we can't handle on our own. But it's for the purpose of going back to and depending on him. Um, so as humans, we are, we're just finite in our abilities and in our knowledge. But God is limitless in both, thankfully. Um, our pride just gives us the illusion that we know better than God. Gives us the illusion that we know better than God. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, Paul, he says, uh, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so Paul is one of the most influential leaders that's mentioned in the Bible, and he actually boasts that he isn't in control because it gives God's power more room to work through what he doesn't know and what he can't accomplish on his own. Um, so we kind of see that, yeah, obviously throughout the verse. But the solution then is humbling ourselves under God's authority. Humbling ourselves under God's authority. So humility allows for us to submit ourselves under God, saying, God, you know, and you have the power to do more than I can. And so the things that we maybe once felt the pressure of shouldering ourselves now fall under God's authority um, and no longer on us, which is um, amazing. That brings so much freedom for us. And so we experience peace when we recognize God's authority and control over our own. Um, there's a verse that talks directly to this also. It's 1 Peter 5, 5, 5-6. It says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And it's super ironic because the verse right after this actually talks about anxiety, too. And so it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, and so humility toward God, you guys, is essential if we want to fight anxiety. It takes surrendering our own wants, our decisions, our habits. And it's okay, we've all had it. The 10-year plan that you've had since middle school. for what year plan. Yeah, <laughs> for what you want your life to look like. Uh, but it takes serious humility to give up control of our dream life and admit that God just knows better than we do. Um, but remember what the last part of this verse says. It says that he cares for you. God cares for every single one of us. And that's so comforting for us to think about. And the question then is, do, you, do we really believe this? Like, do we really trust that God wants to give us something better than what you want to give yourself? Um, and so Haley's going to talk more about this in... 
the next point, but God is a good gift giver. He not only wants to give us what's best, but he actually is the only one that has the resources to do it. Yeah, so we're going to unpack then who is God. Um, and again, this is just a brief like flyover. So we have some resources on the back of your packet um, of different like stories in the Bible, of people that have experienced stress and anxiety, um, and then also different books. And so uh, if you want to, in um, the packet, it says, None Like Him and Knowledge of the Holy are awesome books that you guys should totally read um, because do a really deep dive into God's character that we don't get to do, obviously, in a you know 40-minute breakout. But um, anxiety root number one is that we really don't know God's character. Um, so anxiety root uh, number three, not number one, sorry, um, is that we don't know God's character. And so the reality is it's like if we have a false idea of who God is or we're basing our thoughts about who God is based off our emotions or how we're feeling, we really are not having a correct perspective of God and we're not allowing God's word to inform our thinking and tell us who he is. We're coming up with our own version of God and then living in light of that. And what we see in the Bible is that's going to lead to a lot of anxiety because incorrect thinking of God's character will always lead to incorrect applications for living. So if I think that God doesn't care about me, I, man, I'm going to be really anxious because I'm going to think everything is then dependent on me and I have to control everything because I have to look out for myself because God doesn't you know, care for me. Or if I don't think that God is in control, then I'm like, man, anything could mess my life up like that, and then I am in a tizzy real quick, you know? So if we have incorrect thinking of God's character, we really can't live um, correctly. And so the solution then to that root is that we would understand and trust God's character. So um, that we would base our opinion and our thoughts of who God is based off of his word, that we would let God tell us who he is instead of us coming to him with preconceived notions and ideas of what his character is like. And so we're going to just unpack three different aspects of God's character uh, pretty quickly. So again, a flyover. But the first thing we wanted to look at is that God is good. So Maddie touched on this, but God is a good God. Um, now that you know, for some of you in the room, that might be really hard to hear where there's like, man, there's really tough stuff that has happened in your life or in your family's life. And like, I cannot speak to any of that. I don't understand what you've walked through. I don't know. My story is different than yours. So I'm not speaking into any of those things. But what I do know is that even though our world is very broken and we experience the results of living in a world that is tainted by sin and it is awful and that's why we long for heaven because it won't be like this um but we can know that god is good even when things are really hard and we know this because all throughout the bible god tells us that he is good um he says that he is a good gift giver if we ask him for a uh, piece of bread he's not going to give us a stone because he's a good heavenly father he tells us that he doesn't withhold good things from those whose walk is blameless and we have a right standing with him if we're in Christ. He tells us that everything he does is good. And so what that means is that we can trust that God's character is good. Even if our circumstances are really hard, they have been filtered through the hands of a loving and good God who cares for me. And so if I'm in Christ, I can trust God no matter what my circumstances are because it's the effects of living in a broken and fallen world. But I can trust that God can work things for good even when they really are hard. And so why that is important for us is that God is a faithful God who can do no wrong and everything he does is good. And if we allow our day-to-day -day anxieties and stressors to inform our thinking about God, there's just like no way we're going to be able to live in light of that. Because when our circumstances are hard, we're going to be like, God messed up. He didn't you know, care for me in this or whatever. But if we know that God is good, then we can trust him with what goes on in our life. And the next thing is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And so... What that means is that he has all authority, all rule, all power. Nothing um, escapes his hand. And so 
a flyover, but we see that God is not only sovereign over the heavens and the earth, he created every star by name, he knows every hair on your head, he's in control. Um, God can do all things, his purposes can't be thwarted. Um, if you've had a really hard, you know, some hard things going in your life, read the book of Job, that will make you feel real comforted, because Job was this godly man, and he had literally everything ripped out from under him, his health, his family, his wealth, I mean, the roof of the house fell on his kids and killed them all. You know, it's like there's some hard things that happen to Job. And at the end of his life, though, he praised God. And he said, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And so Job didn't let his circumstances inform God's character. Um, but he let God himself tell him who he is and then trusted him. And so not only is God in control of all of our circumstances, but he's even in control of our hearts. It says in Proverbs 21.1 that he directs our hearts like channeled water. And so even in my day-to-day decisions, God is in control of everything in my life. And so why this matters is we can know that God is in control of everything and every circumstance in my life has been arranged by his good and sovereign rule. And so that helps us because it's like, man, when something gets thrown off in my life according to my plan, I can trust that God's plan cannot be thwarted and nothing can happen that is apart from God's rule and authority. And so I can continue to trust him no matter what my circumstances are. And the last thing is that God is wise. And so not only is God good, everything he does is good. Not only is he in control and has all authority, but God is also wise, which means he has all understanding and knowledge. And in Isaiah 40, um, if you are struggling with anxiety, read Isaiah 40. You will get to see God's character in a way that is so amazing. But in Isaiah 40, he tells us that he created understanding and knowledge. He's the source of it all. And so that means that his thoughts are far above ours. And so there's a lot of things in this life we're not going to understand. And that takes faith then to look at God and say, you have understanding that I don't, and so I'm going to choose to submit myself even when I really don't understand like what you're doing, and that is trusting God. And so there's a quote, I don't, actually don't have a handout with me, which is my fault, so um, I don't, that's all right. It's on your handout, though. There's a quote by Tim Keller, and it says, if we knew everything that God knew, we would want exactly what he gives, and that trusting God is when we come to things in our life and we're like, wow, I don't get that, but I trust that God is good, he's in control, and so I'm going to, on faith, Take him at his word and continue to live in light of his promises, regardless of what my circumstances are saying. And so we can see that God's the source of wisdom and we can have peace, trusting that he knows what is best and he will accomplish that in my life. So he's the source of wisdom. We can trust him and he will accomplish his will in my life. Awesome. Okay, so this is our last root and solution. But root number four is small God, big problems. Small God, big problems. What ifs? That is where our anxiety starts most of the time. What if I don't get into med school? What if he breaks up with me? What if fill in the blank? Um, So I can totally relate. I've had my fair share of what if moments. But when what ifs come into our lives, we have to ask ourselves, hey, am I going to judge God by the circumstances that I don't understand and can't see the end result of? Or... Am I going to judge my circumstances in light of God's character? And so, believe it or not, anxiety actually has a lot more to do with our perspective on God than on our circumstances. So, um, we have some examples of what-ifs. Maybe you guys have thought some of these before. Um, I feel like a lot of things that make us anxious fall under some of these things. But I'll go ahead and read them. It says, what if the threat is bigger than my ability to stop it? What if the problem is bigger than my ability to solve it? 
What if the situation is bigger than my ability to deal with it? What if the pain is bigger than my ability to endure it? What if the loss is bigger than my ability to recover from it? What if the expectation is bigger than my ability to live up to it? What if the demand is bigger than my ability to fill it? What if the power is bigger than my ability to control it? So like I said, a lot of us, probably all of us have thought um, these things multiple times. Um, I know that I have. But as we look at this list, notice the word my in all of them. Um, I think a lot of times we tend to think of ourselves or our circumstances as the source of anxiety. And in a lot of ways, you guys, this is true. Like, if it were up to us to live up to all these expectations, that would be anxiety building. Like, I look at this list and that's so intimidating. There's absolutely no way that I could fulfill everything on here. But thankfully, we have a big God and that tremendously changes um, our circumstances. And so... The next link is Big God, Small Problems. So when we focus on the truth of God more, we fear other things less. Back to back blanks. Sorry, guys. Um, and when our fear of these other things is reduced, we have more peace and more freedom from anxiety. So I want us to think of it like this. Like if we have a God who has limited resources and wavering character, you never know what you're gonna get whenever you come to him, then our problems are just gonna seem huge up against that because they really don't have that much to go up against. Um, but if we have a God with abundant resources, who is generous and consistent in his character, then that totally takes the intimidation factor away from our problems. Um, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So you guys see the difference? Like when we see God for who he actually is, we can't get around the fact that he's powerful and that he's able to accomplish so much. He can provide for all of the unknowns and all the fears that we have. Um, and one of my other favorite um, passages is in Isaiah 41.10. And so in this, it says that we don't have to fear because God is with us. Um, we're not doing it on our own. He will strengthen us and help us. Um, so not only is God himself able to overcome anything on that list that we just walked through, but he gives us his own strength to be able to do it too, which is so, so cool, so comforting. Um, but has anybody in this room gotten skydiving before? Wow, I oh, okay. <laughs> Love that. Okay, well, I personally have never been bold enough to go skydiving, but cheers to you, Shel. That's awesome. But I want you guys to think of a skydiver. Um, the fear that a skydiver feels when they're free-falling from a plane, it's only positive if they can depend on the parachute to get them safely to the ground. Right? The parachute is essential. Otherwise, gravity is going to eat them up. There is no chance... Um, and so it doesn't even matter how experienced or how strong the skydiver is, like they have no match against gravity. It's like the parachute is their only hope. And in the same way, God has provided the parachute that we need to safely enter into his plan for our lives. He promises that. So when we know God personally, it enables us to have peace when we draw near to him um, because he knows our problems and he has the ability to handle them. And with that, our problems quickly shift and we have a small God with big problems shifted to a big God with small problems. And so the same list, it's like all the problems are still the same, right? They don't just go away. 
But um, the difference is that all of these things are smaller than God's ability. And so instead of us, um, it's God's ability that um, is faced up against them. And so see how God is the source of the solution, not the circumstances. Um, so he just wants us to turn to him and trust that he is a greater, more powerful, and trustworthy source. So to wrap us up, um, we're just going to walk through some practical steps. And, um, you know, if anxiety is something that you feel like is really difficult for you and something that you wrestle through, like, know that you are not alone. Like, that is definitely something that for, for me personally, these practical steps are things that I'd like have been beneficial for me. Because anxiety, like, since coming to Christ uh, eight years ago, it's, that has, like, probably been one of the biggest areas that God has worked in. Um, and he has, I mean, set me free in ways that I can't even describe. But it's all because of Christ in me. Before Christ, my life was like an anxious mess. Um, in Christ, I'm now growing to not live like that anymore. Um, but these practical steps we hope are helpful. Um, but we don't have time to really talk about what that's looked like in our life. But um, we encourage you to, to talk to others that are wrestling through um, anxiety, handle it in a way that honors God. And so the first step is to default to prayer. Um, instead of defaulting to social media, scrolling on TikTok, or even venting to a friend, like when you are anxious, I know for me, it's like the moment I turn to God and I can come to him in prayer and cast all our anxiety on him because we know that he cares. For us, it's like, wow, the burden is now lifted off me. I don't have to shoulder it anymore because I've, I've given it over to God. Um, the next practical is that you would uh, memorize scripture. So memorizing scripture. And this kind of goes back to the point of knowing God's character because... When I am really anxious, I don't know about any of you guys, but when I'm really anxious, like, I cannot think straight. Like, my emotions are everywhere, and I, I can't, like, reason with myself. And so what I have to do is I literally have to sit there. This, this situation happened to me. I repeated Matthew 6 to myself. I'm not even kidding for 30 minutes. Like, I was crying on my floor, and I was just saying out loud, like, Matthew 6 over and over again until I actually believed it. And I was so thankful that I had it memorized because then I could go back to it and be like, okay, even though my circumstances are really overwhelming right now, God is so much bigger, and I can go back to his character. And then it was like within, you know, a little bit of time, God had lifted the burden because I could remind myself of what was true of him as opposed to trying to shoulder the things that I was experiencing. And so memorizing scripture is going to be the thing that's going to enable you to fight anxiety because God's word is powerful to break strongholds. But, our, you know, there's no amount of retraining your brain that can work. It's like we have to have a renewed mind, and that comes from knowing God's word. And the next piece is meditating on God's character. And so this... Um, again, it goes back to knowing God's character, but that we would just live in light of what is true of God. And so it could be even reading a book like None Like Him or Knowledge of the Holy and uh, finding some verses in those books that are helpful to remind you of character qualities of God that you need to remind yourself of so that you can live in peace. And maybe put those verses on a you know mirror or in your car or your planner. If you're a planner, you know, I have to go back to different verses when I'm planning my week because I'm like, I could plan a lot of things, but God could, you know, change all of those and that's okay so it's like different verses that can remind you of god's character um the next is taking anxiety to the end so this is from um, a book called calm my anxious heart and uh, the idea is that you would take the things that are making you anxious all the way to the end and deal with the biggest what if and reason with it through scripture and then be able to be like okay if that is what happened this is what informs my thinking from god's character and his word and okay, we could do that. If that is what happens, God tells me I can handle it because of him and this is how I can respond. And so, for example, like for me, um, this is kind of vulnerable, but like uh, singleness was an area like when I started following Jesus, I was like, I do not want to surrender that. I want to be married by the time I'm XYZ, you know, had my 10 year plan. And it has not gone exactly how I would have planned when I was 18. But I'm really grateful that when I'm like 27, I'm like not living in this constant state of anxiety because I'm single, but I'm able to like, 
live in peace because I know different things about God's word that's true because I've taken it to the end where it's like, okay, when I'm anxious about my relationship status, I've taken it to the end. I'm like, okay, what if I'm 80 and single? What would actually happen? You know, and then I'm, I go there in my mind and I'm like, okay, if the realistic things, what would happen? What's true of God then if I'm 80 and single? The same thing is the true of God today. And so it's like, I don't have to live in this fear of the future because I know everything that's true about God right now is going to be true for me when I'm 80, regardless of my relationship status. And that has helped me so much because then it's like I've tackled kind of the worst case scenario, even though it's really not that bad. But I've like tackled it in my mind, like according to God's word. And so now I can like live in peace according to God's plan for whatever he would have for me. So that's an example of taking it to the end. But the next thing is making an anxiety box. So when you feel really stressed and anxious, um, literally have a box on your desk, write on your note card, the thing that's stressing you out, cast it on the Lord and actually put it in the box. And now you're not carrying it anymore. And so you can actually say, God, I'm casting this on you. I don't have to be live in light of it. You can deal with, um, with that thing that's stressing me out. The next is to talk to a spiritual leader. This is huge. You cannot fight anxiety on your own. Um, you have to invite accountability in and someone that knows the depths of what's going on in your life. And so I encourage you to talk to a spiritual leader. Um, next thing is to study trust and anxiety and worry in the Bible. This goes back to even having a spiritual leader. You could ask your spiritual leader, how do I do a word study in the Bible? And look up what does God's word say about trusting him, anxiety, and worry. And the next is that you dive deeper into some extra resources. So Maddie's going to wrap us up. Yes. So you guys might have noticed, but when you came in, you had a bookmark on your chair. Um, aren't they so cute? Haley made them. Aren't they so cute? You can take an extra and give it to a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, this is the last time we're giving this breakout, so take them. Um, but on the back of that bookmark, there's actually a reading plan that you guys can use if you want to follow that study, trust, anxiety, and worry more in the Bible. So those are all verses that you can dig a little bit deeper to study this topic. Um, also, in addition to that, on the very back of your handout, so page four, um, we have a list of different people in the Bible that you can study, both good and ex bad examples to learn from. So um, you can go ahead and take advantage of that, just learning from different people um, throughout history in the Bible. And then we've also included a list of books. And so Haley's kind of mentioned a few of them already, but several of them are actually in the bookstore, in the hub. So if you wanted to pick it up today, you totally could, um, and read it over the next um, couple weeks of winter break. So um, those are just some extra resources for you guys if you want to dig a little bit deeper. But we're so grateful that you guys came to this breakout. Um, grateful that God gives us the promises that we need to tackle this area of our lives and hope that you guys can um, just continue finding hope for yourselves in it too. So um, have a great rest of your SMC and thanks for coming.